Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Holy Spirit, you're amazing. Holy Spirit, you're just so amazing. Oh God, we just cry out to you. Make us the people, Lord, with clean hands and pure hearts. Lord, make us the people with clean hands and pure hearts. Lord, even as the nations went through a shaking as the enemy attacked in 2020, what were, we ha- what were they telling us that we had to do? We had to clean our hands. We had to clean our hands. We had to get clean hands, keep clean hands. And Lord, what were they seeing with the enemy and his solutions? People having heart problems and people's hearts. God, you're the one who's going to cleanse our hands. You're the one who's going to clean our hearts. So we come before you, Holy Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, without evil incapable of doing evil, impossible for this powerful God of life to be about death. You're an amazing God. You're a healing God. You're a miracle-working God. And Lord, we thank you that by your spirit, we are going to be those people who can shine in the greatest darkness and be so bright that we'll lead, I believe, hundreds of thousands to you. So thank you, Lord, that you haven't given up on this nation and you haven't yet given up on the nations and you'll never give up. But when your bride has been made holy without spot or blemish, when she ha- your people have yielded to Holy Spirit with all of their heart, all their soul, all their mind and all their strength and totally yielded to you leading Holy Spirit, then the whole world is going to see a representation of true Christianity, of those who know God. And they're going to have a choice. They can choose to become part of your bride or the harlot in the book of Revelations, the Babylon spirit that's been around forever, who's going to become more and more evil. Your word says, let the righteous become more righteous and let the filthy become more filthy. God, I just pray everybody in this room is going to make a decision to be the righteous of Christ and yield to the Spirit. The most powerful, glorious, wonderful being on planet Earth is the Holy Spirit and the people of God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! Yay, God. You can usually tell what I'm hanging out with God about studying in the middle of the night if you look at whatever post I did. Because I get it, the word pops out at me and I get so excited that I have to post it. And it's amazing how many people who, aren't going after, who weren't going after God are starting to like the post and read the post. But I get so excited. It's like, I got to share the word. You know, I just have to share what God is saying, what God is doing. And so if you, anybody's been following the post at all, you can tell them in the book of John. Because I told the Lord, he, he really um, rebuked me recently 
and I went through a fun little trial, and, and he told me, he said, you know, you cannot have the, the lust of the flesh. And you can get the lust of the flesh about spiritual things. You can start wanting encounters and hearing about encounters and hearing about the feelings that you can. See, when you get in the presence of God, it feels good. If it doesn't feel good, it's because you're still too much in your brain and your spirit man is not really in such connection with Holy Spirit. Because your spirit in connection with Holy Spirit feels really good. Like beyond anything in the entire world. But when you begin to want God for the feeling instead of want God for his word. So last night when I was hanging out with God, um, I saw the one where he said Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I don't think my heart was soft enough before that. If you're not yielded to God shaking you and changing you day, anybody who knows me, knows, has anyone ever heard anyone repent? And it's not blatant sin. I haven't participated in blatant sin. Honest to goodness. Let's see, I've been born again years and years. 30-some years I haven't participated in cussing and drinking and, and anything, watching bad stuff, anything. So when I'm, the repentance, he's ready for us to grow up to where we repent for thinking about somebody wrong. Where we repent for thinking about ourselves too highly. And, and if you want to be close to God for real, he he's really wants you to let him do a work in you. He wants, to, he wants to do a work in us. Holy Spirit was put inside of us when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord for one main purpose, to make us holy. Holy is the absence of evil. Holy would be like, what would I be like in heaven? What am I going to be like? When I think of my daughter who's been in heaven 30-some years now, what do I think she's like? I'm pretty sure she's not rebellious. I'm pretty sure she would have, even when she was alive, she could care less about anything evil, even at seven. She was already born again at the age of uh, three. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the age of five, and she got the neighbor, Baptist neighbor's daughter baptized in the Holy Spirit at the age of six. She had discernment that is beyond what most adults have. She, she thought Santa Claus was, oh, she thought that whole thing was kind of evil. She hated Halloween. She hated Halloween before John and I had enough revelation to hate Halloween. Like she hated it. And I used to try to toughen her up because I, I grew up kind of tough. I mean, I kind of have one of those tough kind of dads. I mean, we put as many people in the back of a pickup truck and it, you wouldn't think of anybody falling out. You know, you just didn't think about all these things to protect everybody. And so I was, I, was, I was thinking, God, she'll, she'll never be able to make it in this world. And the Lord rebuked me. This is before I was hardly walking with him like I am now. He said, she's not you. Don't try to make her into you. Just to get all of us in this place of understanding that God can really use us to raise our kids, to know him. Before Lauren died, she was seven years old. The week before she died, I'll never forget it. 
I was too busy. I was too self-absorbed. You want to get free from something? Get free from self-absorbed. The enemy has caused the whole culture now to be self-absorbed. My gosh, people are on the beach, little girls in their bathing suits, and they're posing this way and that way, and they've got their selfie sticks, and they got three other people, and this and that, and there's more photos. They're, they don't put them into pictures for the most part, so if all that, all that stuff goes away, they're all <laughs> disappeared really fast. Get a few actual photos, people. But I'm just saying, it's like the whole world is about self. The whole world is about self. And here's my daughter, and I was self-absorbed. I'll be honest, I was you know, um, trying to figure out how to get the ministry going. And um, I think I was, I was 33 year old. Oh, I'm telling you guys my age. But anyhow, when she died, I was the age that Jesus was when he died. And I remember, not at the t- even at the time it shook me, she says to me, Mom, she came in the kitchen. I was busy. She had two little brothers and uh, her so three little ones and I was trying to get the ministry going I also had my own business it was uh, didn't it was a blessing from God it didn't take a lot of time I could take my kids with me and she says to me mom what's it going to be like when I die now if I wasn't self-absorbed I probably would have took that as something to get serious about but I said I said, when I'm thinking rapture and I was into all the faith teaching and all, and I do believe in a rapture. I just don't know exactly. I know it comes before the marriage supper of the lamb. You can find that in scripture. I know it comes before Christ's return. Um, It's not the same as his return. I cannot tell you other than that. I do believe we'll be here the three and a half years where it's darkness because we're going to be the only light. He doesn't have another set of witnesses until he has the Jewish witness uh, he has the two witnesses at the very last three and a half years, minus 17 days, which is when the marriage supper of the lamb is, by the way. Isn't that cool? He, he's like, I got to bring these guys up now. We're going to have that wedding feast, and I'm not leaving them out. So there's going to be 17 days before his return with absolutely no witness. And then there's 144,000 who are sealed and so they're going to be witnessing. But anyhow, so there's no mention of the church witnessing in those last three and a half years. If you want to stay, I can guarantee you a way to stay. Be lukewarm. Just be lukewarm. Be playing in sin. Now, we're not at that. See, I love that you can look at the Bible and actually know where we are so we don't have to be so freaked out. We haven't yet, we do not know who is the one world ruler who's going to try to take over the world, do we? Does anybody know? We don't know. Well, you'll know. You cannot even get to the mark of the beast, which is in the Bible. All this is real. It's also backed up with the book of Daniel. It's been in God's understanding for forever. This is his plan, not the devil's. But so just so everybody can breathe easy and raise your kids and know things are cool, until there is a one world leader who drops dead and then raises back up in a counterfeit. And I personally believe Satan gets in his body. It's a counterfeit of the cross. When that happens, do not, do not take any chips or marks or anything in your forehead or your hand. Until then, it's not the mark of the beast. I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm not saying it's smart. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying 
God's Bible. We got to quit being the crazies who get so fear-based that we can't understand that God's given us real mileposts, okay? So, so don't live like the devil till that happens because you might go into full deception. But recognize that. So you can all breathe easy. Whew. The mark of the beast is not here yet. The potential to do it's here. Everybody saw a shaking. Did everybody see a real wake-up call in 2020? Okay. We're in a new season. I'm just saying this so we know where we're at. But you know what? This new season could be 100 years. This new season could easily be 40 years. What are the prophecies that haven't happened? Just, this is just how I study the word. Holy Spirit shows me stuff. I study the word. Well, the bride has a ton of spots and blemishes. And if the bride is the whole body of Christ, oh my gosh, this is going to be a long haul. If the bride is only the five virgins who had oil, eh, could be sooner. Right? Okay, if you're brand new, you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. I'm not saying new here. I'm saying new to the word. God has all this in there. And people spend so little time studying to be approved. But don't study in a boring way. Invite Holy Spirit to teach you. He's the teacher. And then what he teaches you has to line up with his word. If God comes and tells you something and it's not, tell him to his Holy Spirit face, Show me where that is in the word. Because you, there's not a person who can't be deceived. Okay? But you, there's not a person who can keep themselves from being deceived in their own strength. Yay! So don't worry about it. You can't do it. You were not created to do this stuff. You were created to have Holy Spirit live in you and watch him do this stuff. You're to be one with him, and he is the one who orders your steps. He's the one who teaches you. He's the one who shows you things, and it lines up with the word. He's also the one who's going to rebuke you, correct you, and humble you. He's also the one who is going to constantly um, do his job really well. And you will count it joy if you get in this thing right. I count it so much joy. You just wouldn't believe the amount of joy I count it that I went through a trial about a week or so ago. I mean, that devil, he was, he was trying to get me. And the first thing, when it hit me, and Pastor Fred, who's really apostolic, Fred from Uganda sends me a message. It's one of those messages you're like, I don't want to hear this. As you're about to go through a trial, we're praying for you. I'm like, I'm not in a trial. That was a day before this. <laughs> How many want spirit-led people pouring into their lives? And they can be in other countries. Thank God for the internet. So anyway. And I was able to count it joy, and literally, I'm in the writing this book, and I decided I'm going to apply this book. Now this thing that happened at first I thought was major cancer, just so you know like scary and like uh-oh scary 
So the first thing I did is I didn't first run to the doctor. I didn't rush off to the doctor to get a diagnosis. I'm okay if you do. I don't do things that way. I rush to God. And I had a strong opinion about it, right? Because I didn't want cancer. And so I had a strong opinion. So when you have a strong opinion, you may be hearing you, not God. Especially if you, renew, if you renew your mind, you sound like the Bible. It's good to sound like the Bible because at least you've got a renewed mind. Does everybody, a renewed mind is not Holy Spirit. The renewed mind can make you super legalistic, by the way, which brings death. But anyhow, so, so I'm like, okay, God, I, I'll get back to my story about my daughter too. So don't worry, I do this. God will bring me back there. But I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm there like, oh, my gosh. Now, I told no one at that point. I needed to hear from God. So I'm like, okay, Lord, show me. And he began to show me. So first I said, okay, I stopped myself. I got into faith. I got out of fear and into faith. Do not ever be, do not make decisions in fear. Do not ever make decisions in fear. Whatever you have to do, you get into faith. And you humble yourself. This isn't pretended faith. Read the book. I've seen too many people die thinking they had faith where they could have gone to the doctor and gotten treatments. So how do you know? But something like, Lord. So anyway, I just chose to count it joy. So how do you do that? Well, first of all, you know he's true. His word is real. And you say, Lord, I count this joy. It's not really fun yet, but I know that I am going to learn. So I know you're going to get me out of this. And if I got to humble myself and go for the medical route, if I have to do that, which I've had to do before. I had a um, sciatic nerve thing. Remember that? God made me go to a doctor two times doctor said I'd be there the rest of my life. I said, I'm sorry. I did what I was supposed to humble myself. And God just healed me while I was preaching one day. Just totally healed me. Got up, started preaching. Every time, and every time I got an anointing with sag nerve, I could preach and walk. And then as soon as anointing lifted, I couldn't even move. And I'm like, Lord, why would you do that for that? It really wasn't him doing that for that. It's a matter of I got into the spirit so much that my flesh could not hold me back. See, the key is to live in the spirit but not be fake and weird, okay? Now, I can be very strange, just so you know. Anybody who's ever seen me really intercede or pray, you will know. I, I can be probably wilder than anything I've ever seen. Because when God owns your body, he can do what he wants with it. Oh. And when you're fighting real warfare, you're going to be happy about that. So anyway. But anyway, so Lord began to show me some things, and we took the thing that had attacked me after just about two days of seeking the Lord and asking him, why would the devil be able to do that? And the Lord just dealt with me about the lust of the flesh. And the same thing with, with some eating. I, I ate anything I wanted whenever I want to. And then I'm not gigantic, and actually, I've always been very healthy, even eating anything I want whenever I want to. But the Lord began to show me, that's the lust of the flesh. You're eating for pleasure. 
Everything you're doing is for pleasure. It's not, it's not for health. It's not for what I want. And so this isn't about bondage. Man, it's so hard to preach to people because you know what? Everybody gets into bondage. If you got to be on a set little diet and you got to do this, that, and the other, you're in bondage. Legalism kills. That's not going to take care of you. It's like, Lord, you show me. But God, anyway, I think the name of the book as of last night is <laughs> 21 Strategies for Impossible Battles. And then the subcaption is um, work, thank you, workbook for physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. It's not new age. The new age has counterfeited the real Christianity. Real Christi a lot of Christians are so stuck in their legalistic ways that they don't understand that God is more powerful. Do you know the Bible says, this is the Bible. The Bible says many, this is to believers. There's two scriptures about believers being sick, okay? Two, I don't know why I'm saying all this. Somebody must need to hear this. Okay, there's two, two scriptures like what Christians are sick. Did you know that? that? That I can find only two. One is because you don't discern the body correctly. And the other one is because there's blatant sin and you have to go to mature elders. Elders to God is people who are led by his spirit, who've been doing this, who are anointed, who are called by him. They're not people with titles given to them by other people with titles. doesn't mean you can't know who they are. I can tell you who they are really fast. If I need prayer, I call Karen. Because I know she's going to hear God. She's going to go after God. And she'll tell me the hard things that I need to hear. And she will seek God first and do it. That's what I consider an elder. And I cannot wait for more of you to become elders. The Bible says if you go to the elders. And they'll deal with your sin issue. And then their prayer will heal you. Well that's very humbling. You've got to go and confess your sin. Not in the Catholic way. But in a way of true conviction. And then those elders those mature believers who you who know you and you know them then it says when they pray for you that prayer will heal you but discerning the body i'm writing another whole book oh lord i'm living at the beach house <laughs> that's not bad the, this next book is the body connection and so i'm just saying that to say so in my trial i'm, I'm seeking the lord about this thing and the next thing um I realize that what's hit me, okay, this is humbling, is shingles. And I tell him, I didn't tell, I told Karen, when I finally knew that's what it was, I told Karen. And I didn't even tell my husband, okay? Because then he freaks out. He doesn't want to, I mean, he already, I said, I'm staying in the other room for a little while here, honey. We're working some stuff out, which he's like, good with that. If you're working something out, you'll get to the other side. Love you, okay? And, um, and he's learned enough living with me for 43 years and knowing my relationship with God and his relationship with God. God told him a long time ago, trust me, I'll take care of her. That's what he told him. He never worries about me. He doesn't get concerned. Just, he's like, just trust me, I'll take care of her. So when John says something, I really listen because I know he's really, really uh, hearing from God. So anyway, so I'm in this thing. I said, okay, Lord, now, they want you to go to the doctor within 24, 24. I said, well, it's too late for any of that. I'm, I don't want to do that anyway. So I started asking the Lord, why? Why would I? Of course, I had chicken pox when I was younger. I have a pox to prove it. <laughs> so I'm like, Lord, why? And anybody knows the thing that tried to kill my son was chicken pox virus that uh, attacked his brain and gave him encephalitis. It's the end of my book, Joy Comes in the Morning. And God instantly healed him. But when... 
the longer trial started back up, it went back to his immune system that had gotten messed up with that attack. And I'm not going to give you all the prophetic about that. But, so I said to God, I said, okay, thank you that this isn't cancer, right? Right? But then you start hearing about it, and then all of a sudden, you know, you read the medical stuff. Let me tell you, when you go and Google medical stuff or go to a doctor, you only do it in faith. If you don't do it in faith, you're going to start having every symptom you read about is stuff you don't even have because that's really your brain connection to your body, okay? So you don't do that. But so I'm looking at it, and all of a sudden I see this thing did you know for chicken pox, I'm just giving you an example, this is going to be in the next book, but chicken pox is actually a hidden spirit of infirmity in your nervous system. Well, nobody ever told me that. I'd have cast that sucker out a long time ago. So I'm encouraging everybody to cast that thing out in Jesus' name and mean it. What does everybody do? Go get something pumped in their arm to put, to put infirmity in them. <laughs> right the world's it's i'm gonna go go ahead put infirmity in me there we go that's gonna help and god says rebuke it cast it out so i said god i didn't know about that so i rebuked it cast it out guess what gone not another symptom dried the whole thing dried up in one day well about three days total no more anything but i said god why did i get that and he just said you started getting into wanting the experience of godly, of my encounters, more than wanting my word. Jesus Christ and the word are one. Now, that's not some fake thing. That's in like, if, if God was going to, it's a living word, okay? That Bible is so awesome. We got to pray they don't take it. Don't only have your Bible on your phone because somebody can plug, pull the plug on your Bible, you know, just make sure no matter what, you have some Bibles around. And when you read it, do not read it for hid knowledge. Because you can become legalistic and actually think you're where you're not and have pretended faith in other whole, all this is in the books to some degree. And the Lord said, you know, you would begin to come to me, but you wanted the encounter more than how these encounters even started because you would read my word and my word would go in you. The word of God is called seed. It's the seed he puts into your spiritual womb, according to him, out of your innermost, right? Out of your innermost, be out of your innermost belly. And some people actually call that womb comes living waters. Your spirit man literally is set up like a natural human but they but he lives inside of you your spirit is inside of you isn't it amazing and so a lot of those body parts kind of connect with all that i can't get into all that now the the one of the books i'm going to be writing is going to be amazing but but so when i saw the connection the lord said i don't want you coming to me because you know by the time my power hits you it's going to feel really good Now, all I ever wanted was Holy Spirit. So because I only want the Holy Spirit, he'll protect me. I'm not walking away from God encounters because I got off track a teeny tiny bit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because who got me back on track? God. Did he use sickness? He doesn't use sickness. The enemy uses sickness. Okay? 
you can, to him's given much, much is required. So if I'm walking with God and I start getting off track, aren't you kind of glad, a little bit glad that Satan can wham you? Aren't you kind of glad that he can't wham you but so much unless you get way off track? Right? But when he whams you, get rid of the lies. Oh, you get attacked because you're so spiritual. Well, isn't that amazing how many people who don't even know God get attacked a lot worse than those of us who do? Right? I mean, there's more people massacred and killed in other nations who don't even know God. That can't be because they're so spiritual. Satan doesn't hit you because you're so spiritual. He hits you when you get outside of God's will. Is that all the time? I kind of think so. Why do we think we're in God's will all the time? How long have you walked with God? How well do you know him? How much power comes out of your life? How much is your life sold out to him? How much are you still living for the world? And yet you've walked with God how many years? Look at the early church. They didn't walk with God 40 years before they started to get anointed. So the shaking's coming. The shaking's here. And so I said to God, I said, okay, Lord, um, and here's the cool thing. And I, but my very first thing was, I thought, I'm going to apply what you taught me to write this book. Because I wasn't planning on writing a book, ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm not even a good writer. Where were Wiki strong? The best chapters are when it just takes over. And I'm not saying some, I mean, I have to, my brain processes what I'm writing and I use real scripture and I look at it. But then I read it back and it doesn't even need editing. Now, when I go to write, especially when I kind of was getting out of his will a little, those chapters literally sucked everybody. They were, they, they were terrible, all right? They were, I was like, God, Lord, why would you get me to write? I don't write at all. He's where you're weak, I'm strong. <laughs> I said, well, I'm really weak, so <laughs> can we add some of your strength here? <laughs> I had to get rid of most of the stuff. Anyhow, so... I just, I think, you know, when Jesus preached, he preached to people of all different ages, all different understanding of the word, all different places they were coming from, and yet he didn't have to preach 10 different messages. And so, and I just encourage you, because that's how it's going to be around here. I'm not going to baby down who I am in Christ because people come in and they, they're either not hungry or they don't know them or it's new. Guess what? You already, if you're born again, you already know all of this. If you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. Your carnal mind is the enemy to the mind of Christ. So all I'm doing is as he brings it to me in revelation and he reveals to me truth out of his word, I just throw it out there like seed, amen? And some of you are catching some of this, not even knowing it. That's how it really works. Jesus would sit up there and he would preach and he would throw out seed. And he, he's the one who says his word is seed. He would throw out seed and seed and seed. And then he brought forth the whole church from that seed. Guess what? God's going to do this again through the apostolic when it comes. So don't, if your brain's trying to figure everything out, well, good luck with that. I don't believe in luck. Okay. All right. Well, your brain can process a lot of things. God's given us very, we're made in his image and likeness. So I'm cool with processing things. God says, come and reason with me. Okay, so we don't want to be so flaky, faky that we don't have a clue about anything. So my brain really processes, th processes things. But I want to take my processing and, and reason with God. Everybody says, well, God, 
God won't tell you that. Yes, he will. There's a few things he won't tell you, and those few things are in the word. Those few things he won't tell you are in the word. He won't tell you the day he's coming. So everybody who prophesies he's coming on this day, they're deceived. Because he tells you he's not going to tell you. when. Why won't he tell us when, when he's coming? Well, I, I don't even know how settled it is. Because he says the bride has to be without spot or blemish. The bride has to get to a place. Now, we don't know for sure if the whole church is a bride or not. I know you have to be born again to be the bride. I know that. The rest are not saved people who are religious. And we need to rescue them and save them. And quit acting as if everybody's saved, okay? The, the, the way is narrow. The way is narrow. It's impossible to be saved except by God. It's so easy to be saved. I just have to believe that Jesus Christ is the actual son of God. He came forth from God. He actually is the only begotten son of the father. And as wild as that is, it sure is actually better, even logically, than thinking that everything just happened from a big bang where the heck did the stuff that banged together come from? I mean, you know, basically, when you get to it, there is a God in all this. But where did he come from? He's always been. Well, how could that be? I don't know. But I guess if he's the beginning of everything, then he just is. That's why he says, I am. Who are you? I am. You am what? <laughs> I am everything. He's everything. And this whole plan of his who knows what he did for all those other trillions and trillions and forever years who knows all we know is what he tells us in the word what he did for when he decided to create human beings in his likeness and his image can i just tell everybody quit being victims okay you're created in the image and likeness of god and the only person who is a victim is someone that the devil beats up and you don't know how to run to god and become an overcomer i'm over this victim stuff if anybody ever would tell you you're a victim. I'm, I'm just over this. I'm sorry. It's like, well, you know, these victims. How old is this victim now? All these victims, 33 years past, and I'm talking about, most well, some of you know, 33 years ago, this person, let's just say, was taken advantage of, and that's been proven. After 33 years of being in the kingdom of God with the Holy Spirit in you, how could you be a victim? Why didn't you overcome Paul's not teaching you how to overcome. Don't let your kids be victims. Let them be overcomers. You cannot even grow up into things of God until Satan attacks you and you have to overcome something. The victim mentality that Satan's releasing in the whole earth today is to keep the overcomers from coming forth because he's afraid of overcomers. Satan is not afraid of baby Christians, infants. He's not afraid of child, little children, Christians. He is terrified of the ones that are growing up to become sons and daughters. Every son and daughter, this is in the book of John, every son and daughter must overcome the evil one. So can I just say to all, and nobody here probably, but because you've been here, there's no such thing as poor black people. Or poor women, or poor, when I say there are people who need financial overcoming, right? But get rid of the victim mentality, period. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have become new. 
I am not what came after my grandma. I do not have diabetes because it runs in the family that I was until I became a new creation. Do you get it? These aren't just things in your head. In my heart, I know. So when I go before the Lord, it's like, okay, Lord, show me why the enemy's able to do this. That's a really good question. First, I'm counting it joy because you're going to show me something about me. Why is the enemy able to do this? You would not have so much accuser of the brother stuff going on in the church now if people knew how to heal people who've been hurt and set people free who were the people who hurt people. And just so everybody knows, God doesn't like pedophiles. He loves the person, but that spirit, he says, basically, you'd be better off putting this gigantic metal you know, wheel thing around your neck and jumping in water. In other words, you would be better off to kill yourself than to touch a child. Now, Jesus doesn't make stuff up. He's given you a very good idea of how God feels about this filthy, filthy stuff that they're trying to normalize in our nation. And he's like, not just that, anybody who wants to hurt a child, purposely wants to mess up a child, he said, you'd be better off getting yourself out of the picture. Am I endorsing suicide? No, I am endorsing the seriousness of sin against children. And I think the church needs to get really serious about that. I think however you vote has better be very serious about that. God is not about people hurting children so bad that they can't get their lives together. But let me tell you what, the church has to know how to heal the brokenhearted. What on earth would the church actually do if we ever find all the people who are uh, molested by Epstein and all these people on these islands, all these elitists who are trying to destroy our nation and change our laws to cover their perversion? What would happen then? Is she saying this in church? Yes. It's in the word of God. It's in the word of God. It's Jesus came and he shook up the leaders. He, church, he shook up the church leaders and he shook up the other, the, the spiritual, quote, spiritual leaders. He came to shake everything that can be shaken. And if we don't understand, we're in that shaking now. And he's looking at each of us. We can all know what somebody else did wrong. We need to stop and say, where am I a part of that, period? Because the only one Holy Spirit is going to convict me to repent is me. He's going to convict me of sin. He's not going to convict me to go and convict my husband or my children or even you. It's not my job to convict you of sin. It is my job to yield to Holy Spirit and let him convict you of sin. And then you get right with God. That's your choice. It's not my choice to accuse. It's not, it's not my, I'm not the accuser. I'm the rescuer. Till you take your last breath, you can be rescued. It's going to get harder and harder, though, the more you harden your heart. It's going to get more and more difficult. But if we don't break off some of these lies that are just fluffy-fied all over the place, if you think you're a victim, then I want you to be an overcomer. And we'll help you with that. We have lots of teaching for that. Let, let me just say, I'm not talking to the Sunshine Club here, okay? Especially all the years of doing it. We've had people who's owned 
father have molested. And we've had people whose father, then their stepfather. We've had people who their own children were molested in their own houses by one of their family members that have gone to this church or still going to this church. I'm not playing fluffy games because I just hang out with the people who, who don't have this kind of mess in their life. Maybe I did before, but when God gave me beauty for ashes, he won't kidding. Hurt people, God wants to rescue. And it doesn't matter how bad they are, okay? He doesn't, he doesn't see anyone as beyond him rescuing them. But rescuing somebody takes real Holy Spirit leading, not enabling, okay? I'm not going to enable you to sin, I'm not going to enable. When my kids lived in my house, I didn't enable them to sin, all right? Like, they weren't going to do stuff that they shouldn't do. Well, everybody else is doing it. Well, everybody else doesn't live here. Everybody else doesn't live here. But you know what? I didn't just legalistically. I sat down and showed them the word. I sat down and showed them the word. Y'all want to know when my shaking happened when I was 33? When I was 33, I got shaken. I got shaken out of wrong motives for ministry. I got shaken out of thinking nothing bad could happen. I got shaken out of where things were too extremes in scripture. And I would love to have known what I know now and not have gone through that shaking. He can't, he's not going to shake stuff out of you that's not in you. The word will do that. But I was so full of me and so full of the love of money and so full of wanting to have ministry because I really knew I'd love to help people. I always knew that. But man, I could make money doing this because didn't Copeland make money doing this? And didn't Hagen make money doing this? And didn't, I mean, all we saw back in the faith movement were all these rich people doing this. We didn't see all the people really doing this who have churches like this, which we still make money. God blesses us. I don't take it. Personally, because my husband makes enough money. But he blesses us. It's miraculous how much he blesses us. Like, unbelievable how much he blesses us. He's so good. We can't even figure it out, to be quite honest. But we don't want anything but what he wants. So anyway, so my daughter said to me a week before she died, she's seven years old, love the Lord, love, love, love the Lord sang with her little heart Twyla Paris songs. We have one, one, one um, uh, little video thing. It's pretty funny. And so she's in there, her room, singing with all her heart a Twyla Paris song, like, you know, something about Jesus. And then her brother, who would have been five at the time, opened the door. And she's like, get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> Make him get out of here, mommy. She's yelling it's so mean at him. I'm like, Okay, then, is that doesn't describe most of us until we let God do a bigger work. But she says to me, Mom, what's it going to be like when I die? That's what got me off in the book of Revelations. That's how I went there. And I said, you go just like that into the arms of the Lord. And I was talking rapture. And she starts to cry. And she's not crying because of rapture. She's not crying because she's scared to die. She cries and she says, Mama, what if Nana and Pop-Pop and uh, Mima and Pop-Pop, so it's John's parents who were not really, they were, they were denominational Christians but not really living it, and my dad and his wife were not even going to church or anything. 
my mom was the only one who was really going after God. And we were raised in a Methodist church. I mean, we put it this way. Sunday mornings, my parents had five kids. And Sunday mornings, all five of us were dropped off at church. And I guess that's how they made five kids. But anyhow, <laughs> and they didn't go with us. And then they would come, they would go, my dad went on uh, Easter and Christmas Eve service. And he made such an impact. I love my dad. My dad loves his kids unconditionally. My dad really revealed, you knew you were protected. You knew you were cared for. He revealed, and he was, so, he was brought up in a somewhat spiritual home, but with alcoholic parents. And I'll, I'll never forget, we used to go on the candlelight service. Um, I can't remember if it was Easter. For some reason, we had candlelight service at Easter or something. And um, good for my dad, this is not funny. Do not do, do, not do this. My dad would let the candle start to drip and watch it drip on the person's coat in front of us. Was, I know, isn't that bad? That's so bad. And so all these kids would be sitting there trying not to laugh, and our mom's like, you know. We, so it was fun going to church with dad. But anyway, and he is really saved now. But my, my daughter, at the age of seven, could tell they didn't talk about Jesus. They didn't really know Jesus. They didn't go to church at seven. And she said, Mom, she's crying. I don't, I don't want... She goes, I don't want to go to heaven. Not I don't want to go. She goes, I won't be able to stand it if they're not there. I won't be able to stand it if they're not there. So, of course, she wasn't thinking she was going to die then, right? She knows. And I said, and I just was, it convicted me because I thought, man, I don't pray for them that much. I don't do whatever it takes led by God that much. And I said, well, Lauren, don't worry. You pray like that, and whatever it takes, they'll get into heaven. They all got saved at her funeral less than two weeks later. What did God do? He answered her prayer. Is she okay? Yeah, she died instantly. For those who don't know, a tree branch went through her head in front of me. She was about as close to me as I am to her. And I found out that God's grace is sufficient. I found out that he's real. And you have to read my book, Joy Comes in the Morning, and if you don't have one, you get one free. But... Because it totally, I died. It was the first time in my life. And can I tell you, can you die to self before you have to? It was the first time in my entire life that it was something I couldn't handle. And I watched some of you have things you can't handle. And do you die to self? No. You try harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. You come to more life of the wrong kind than ever to try to solve your problem. God says, would you just die to self and trust me? Would you just die to self and trust me? Would you just die to self and trust me? Do not get free from something like greed and then take it back. <laughs> okay, it's, a, it's like die to it. Ask God to forgive you. Repentance is the greatest. Without repentance, no one gets saved. Repentance is the greatest gift. I'm listening to people say, well, they think you have to repent for everything. Yeah, yeah, let's repent for everything. Let's just repent for it. Okay, what does repentance mean? It's mean I'm going in the wrong way, doing my own thing, living for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Three tests you got to pass. Real quick, we got to teach you on somewhere. What's the lust of the, lust of the eyes is I want what they have. I want what they have. I want their kind of car. I want their kind of church. I want their kind of 
marriage. I went there kind of. Get rid of it. Spend time with God and get rid of lust of the eyes. These are the only things Satan can get you in. Lust, the, the lust of the flesh. Oh, it feels good. Just do it. Oh, I can eat all I want and anything I want. It can't hurt me. Oh, I can, I can just. Oh, the lust of the flesh has gotten into the church with wanting encounters of God and not wanting God. And you can get a total counterfeit. Lust of the flesh. Every addiction, every addiction, every addiction goes back to the lust of the flesh. I'm going to have to teach on this one day, huh? See, I, there's so much. Like, you'd have to do a whole conference. But if people aren't coming, I'm not doing them anymore. I mean, I will when God shows me, but I'd rather write about it and get it out there. But it's time for people to hear real preaching and teaching that goes along with the Word of God and not some pre-planned. I'm not telling you anything I pre-planned to say today. Because Holy Spirit knows who's here and who's watching and who needs to hear what he wants them to hear. So my, back to my story. <laughs> what story? So when my daughter died, I'm not going to tell the whole story in this in the book, I died. I changed. I didn't die in a sad way. I died in a, I can't do this, but God, you're real. I can't do this, but God, I got to trust you. God, I can't do this. I don't know how. Here's my thinking. How is my family going to make it through this? How are my sons going to grow up okay? How is my marriage, how is John going to stand this? How are we going to survive this? That was my thinking. And then I said, God, only you can do this. Well, we've been married 43 years, happily married. I love my husband. He loves me. Um, we have two sons who are very wonderful people. We're great friends with them. They have wonderful careers that God has opened the door for. And um, starting families, yay. Got a grandchild finally. Thank you, Jesus. And neither one of us thought this is what I'd be doing. If you got your ministry or your career planned out, it's probably not God. If you know exactly what you want to do, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it, it's probably not God. It's probably you. But when you just... Say, okay, God, I got, I got a movie, if you got Prime, if you can watch Prime, um, whatever it's called, Prime Video, whatever, on YouTube, whatever, not on YouTube, um, their own app, whatever, you, I, this modern stuff, I don't know, but it's this little box, I hit it, it says Prime on it, on my TV switch, and then Prime comes up, and there's a movie I just watched, the night. you know, this movie was more powerful to me than going to church. And it was, called, it was based on a true story. It was called Give Me Shelter. And I don't necessarily know that younger kids should watch it. But the, it's one of those movies where they show how bad something is, but they never cross the line, but they get so close. As a parent, you're like, you know. But I'll just let you know, they never really cross the line, but they get really close. So you might not like watching it with little kids there because it might make you too much wanting to turn off the TV. You know what I'm saying? If you're a good parent, you know what I'm saying. But I'm watching it. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but, oh, God. And I should know it by now. I've been helping people for so long who are so hurt and messed up. But you guys, there is a bunch of youth out there who are completely lost, 
completely lost. There are kids who've been do, having sex since they were 14. They're, they're, they're some ten, there's so much mess out there. Let's come out of our bubble and realize we are the only light that can get to them. And what this lady did, thank God, you know, don't hook it with the church, okay? If God tells you to do something, stay with the church that, or stay with church. Believers who come together to worship God. Don't forsake the fellowshipping together as they'll do in the last days. How much knows that Jesus knew about that one with COVID coming, right? Oh, well, I'll just stay home. Don't stay home. You need to be around other believers. You need to be in community with other believers. It doesn't have to be pre-programmed things. It needs to be real. It needs to be real. My gosh, we go somewhere nobody knows. We got all different ages, all different colors, all different backgrounds and education. We, nobody can ever figure us out. And we're all good friends. I mean, I'm sitting in one weekend and I had such a different variety of people at the beach house. I, I went for a week, but I only got to work on the book three days because I had people there five or six of the days. And we went from this group of people to Talia coming and, and then um, Allison and both young moms with, uh, with babies and a lot of babies, both of them. And, and, uh, and I'm just sitting there going, Lord, I just want to work on the book. And it was such a God time. It was such a God time. And I've got to, if it's not about relationships, your life doesn't matter. Get free. If I could tell any parent at a young age, get rid of self-absorbed. Man, I didn't get rid of that till my kids were older. And it hurt them so bad because they were like, all you care about is ministry, mom. All you care about is preaching. All you care about is this. And, and I loved God, but they were somewhat right. I really cared about trying to make something happen and trying to get the vision to come forth that he's given me. And let me tell you, God's going to put you through the fire to bring you out where you can represent him for real. And nobody can stop what he's doing. When you get in where he wants you, nothing can stop it. But anyway, in that movie, this lady who'd been hurt herself, opens up a ministry to these really street hurt kids, girls, pregnant girls. And I'm sitting there boo-hooing, thinking this is what church looks like. This is what church looks like. It doesn't look like Sunday mornings. But you can't help people until you're not a victim. You can't help people until you have compassion. And for me, it took a lot to get compassion. God took my sorrow and my grief the very night my daughter died. People still don't like that. Well, that's because they never tasted sorrow and grief and how horrible it is and how demonic it is. And when I went to the Lord and I began to worship him because Holy Spirit was teaching me, can I tell you something? I am someone God himself has taught. I'm not boasting about that. I didn't ask for that. Well, actually, that's not true. When my daughter's body was in the yard for, I don't know, lots of hours, over three hours, because the uh, coroner guy has to, write a, has to write his death certificate, and he was out fooling around, they couldn't find him. It was Memorial Day weekend, 1992. And I didn't sue them. I wasn't mad at them. I knew they had to sit there and look at that for as long as they had to sit there and look at that to want God. But finally, I think her body was still in the yard. I can't remember. I, I, I don't think nobody was home. So I, I can't remember yet if my husband got home. 
I'm not sure. He was home, but I don't know where he was. But I remember walking down the steps at the house I lived in then that we rent out now. And I remember right at the garage door. I'll never forget it. I hope you've got some old people would say Kodak moments and you young people would say selfie shots between you and God. Because it was like a Kodak moment. It was so real to me. And I said to the Holy Spirit, I said, okay. I don't know how something bad could happen to me like this. I did not think this could happen. I had no fear. I don't understand this. And I said, I don't care anymore what anybody else's book says but yours. Holy Spirit, will you teach me your ways? And I meant it with all my heart. I didn't mean it to be anything. I wasn't trying to be anything. I just want to know my God. I want to know him. I want to know his ways. I want to learn of him. I want it to be a him. I don't want it to be some man-made doctrine. I don't want to be a doctrine of demons. I don't want to be full of greed and selfish ambition. I just want Jesus. I just want him. I want to know him. I want him to be glorified in my life. Last night when I'm reading where Jesus said he came, that he would lay down his life because that's why the father sent him i got into the presence of god i had an encounter because i have encounters every single day to be quite honest and i said god jesus i said holy spirit holy spirit i want what god has written for me in the book about my life I want every bit of it done. Holy Spirit, only you can do it. Anything I do that you're not doing is not in that book. I don't want to not accomplish everything in the book that you want me to do. I don't need to do what somebody else is going to do. I only want to do what you have for me to do. And if what you have for me to do is to train up other people to do the big stuff, then praise God. If all you have for me to do is to help hurt, hurt people in a little tiny church, it wasn't what I was thinking, but praise God. All that that matters is what does he have for you to do and I promise you it's going to be rescuing people not judging them rescuing them it's going to be caring when they don't care about you it's going to be caring when they want to spit in your face it's going to be caring and loving never ever react to how somebody treats you always react as if you always react the way you would react had they not treated you that way The minute I react to how somebody treats me, Satan's in charge. Now, that's not just pretend. You know, some of this is really disciplining yourself. This is like, okay, that person just embarrassed me. That person just is that. Instead of getting on the phone and trashing them to 20 people, I'm just going to pray for them. Now, God, help me do this. That's why he says, bless those who curse you. At one point in the book where Tilly and Caleb was going through today's John's birthday, so we're going to have a celebration a little bit. And Talia, this one nurse, kept cursing the situation and wanting them to do more surgery on him, not let him go home. And she was the only one in the way. All the other people who worked with him and everything were ready to release him but this one. And Talia's called me all upset and everything. And, and, um, and we talked a lot and we texted 200 pages of text messages. And, and that's the basis of the book. And, and I said, I said, Talia, you have to bless them when they curse you. You've got to bless them. I said, do something real. So she went to the store. Where did you get a box of candy? She went and got her a box of candy, wrote her a nice letter, gave it to her, and the lady started crying, didn't she? And apologized to her that she was the one holding up this baby going home. You can't do it in manipulation. 
manipulation is witchcraft. Witchcraft is if I do this, then they'll do this. That's witchcraft. No wonder the church has so little authority. So if I do this, they'll do this. That's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. The church has got to get free from witchcraft. But when you're like, no, I'm doing this because God says to. I'm doing this because I want to do things the way God wants me to do things, and I'm not going to do things the way the devil wants me to do things. I'm going to take a higher road. I'm going to take a higher road. God's ways are higher, not lower than man's. Is this helping anybody? It's got to be real. Whatever you can conjure up in your head is just that, you conjuring it up in your head. We need Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit reveals what the Father is doing. Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus Christ. If you have a walk with Jesus Christ, you're actually really having more of a communication with Holy Spirit who is revealing Jesus Christ and making it real. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, Jesus Christ put on a glorified body and he will be in a real place, on a real throne in a glorified body. Holy Spirit is everywhere. Aren't you glad Holy Spirit is everywhere? Holy Spirit will be in you when you get to heaven. He's not gonna leave then. He's everything. Jesus Christ died on that cross to redeem mankind. And he said, it's finished. Then he actually had to go to the Father and personally be in the presence of the Father to send the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he had to take his blood to the mercy seat and say, it's done. He had to go before the Father and put it on the mercy seat and say, it's done. And then when he said, it's done, he sent the Holy Spirit. At the same time, what's going on on planet Earth? They're sitting down there trying to come into unity. They're trying to figure things out. They're crying out to God. Does everybody get it? Holy Spirit hadn't been sent yet. <laughs> It'd be kind of interesting to be in that upper room. They're trying to figure out what's going on. How is this going to happen? I don't know. He told us. What were they doing, you guys? They were waiting in obedience for the last thing they heard Jesus tell them. Ooh, this is good. Some of you haven't done the last thing he told you. Anya, can I just say, there's no such thing as a dark night of the soul. Whoever made that up, made it up. It's not even true. It's a spiritual way of saying, I don't want to admit I'm out of God's will. He's not talking to me because they wouldn't have spiritual life. Forget it. I don't believe in a dark night of the soul. I believe in you got out of God's will and you didn't do what he's showing you. And so now you're not hearing him because the devil's blocking you from hearing him. So Repent. Oh, but that would make me sound like I'm not as spiritual as I think I am. Well, you probably aren't as spiritual as you think you are because if you even think you're spiritual, it already shows you got an issue. Can I get an amen? Humble yourself. Humble does not mean to pray. How ridiculous is that? The greatest, greatest thing we have is we get to talk to God. That's prayer. I get to talk to God. Oh, God, I'm going to humble myself and talk to you. Oh, it's almost as bad as saying, um, don't put God in a box. He is the box. How can you put him in a box? Who do you think you are? Don't worry. You can't put God in a box. 
Well, you're trying to manipulate God. Can you? We, we spend so much time on stupid stuff. I'm not worried about manipulating God. It's impossible. I'm not worried about putting God in a box. He is the box. There's nothing that exists outside of him. Nothing. He is actually the box. You know what? We need to start listening to what we're saying. If you can't find it in the word, don't say it. Not legal. Go find. Say, God, is, is this in your word? Where is this at in your word? Show me this in your word. Don't think it's all plain, simple that everybody sees it. He, he's a God of revelation. He'll show you things you never saw before. But it's in there. I don't need the Book of Mormons. Hey, hey. Jesus is perfectly capable in his word to teach me of things that are coming. He's perfectly capable in his word by his spirit to unlock the mysteries of the book of Revelations without me having to go anywhere else to have them unlocked. Amen? And can I tell you, quit thinking he can't talk to you. Quit thinking. He says, my sheep hear my voice and another they won't follow. So ask him why you aren't hearing him if you're not hearing him. And ask him why you bought the lie you're not his sheep. I expect you to hear God if you're born again. But if you got a bunch of mess, how do you know God is a holy God? Holy Spirit, what a good name for him, huh? Holy Spirit, quit calling him your helper. Call him Holy Spirit. What's he going to help you with? He's going to help clean you out. Because you get to say yes or no. And how many no's you've said to God when he's trying to deal with you will kind of show you where your life is at. I'm not going to be, let me just tell you, okay, okay. Whew, I can't believe I'm doing this. All right, everybody listen. Do not put anybody on a pedestal. People can fail you. But you'll know somebody by their fruit. I was talking to someone recently. I'm just going to share, I'm sure. I'm not going to say who. Somebody recently, some people will know because you were there. And this person was saying how spiritual they were and how much God had used them and all this stuff. And I, I had them share with me their life story. What, their life's a mess, like a gigantic, big, complete, gobble gobble mess. Like people in jail and, and, and people... Uh, sick and with all kinds of just what and divorce three t going on t two or three divorces that thing after thing after thing after thing I'm like why do you think you're like me I'm not saying even try to be like me but I'm saying where is your delusion that you're screwed up messed up horrible terrible life with all this hurt and problems and all this thing what makes you think you're living this walk where God gives you all these promises and they're not really there that's a religious spirit that's a pretended faith that's trying to get an identity in your spirituality that's not real and you don't even realize how messed up you are come to our retreats we'll help you see it Not in hate, not in comparison. It's not wise to compare yourself to others. It is wise to know what does it look like when you really walk with God. Does it mean you have no problems? No, you, you will probably, Jesus says he promised you trouble. But you'll have answers. You'll overcome. It'll turn around. Things will change. 
And I just want you to get free from bondage of people acting spiritual in your life who don't have any of the love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience, and they don't have a life that shows that they hear God and walk with God. Be careful of people, including yourself, when you look to spirituality and spiritual gifts. You don't say... Well, how do you know that it was really God used you to do that? Well, I only know when the power of God comes out of me and he's already shown me and he's given me a heart and then there's fruit instantly. Like there is a change. Things have changed. They were healed. They got delivered. Something real happened. I don't go by I prayed and that happened because who knows who God has praying? Who knows that their prayers didn't do it? It's a combination. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has got to get people out of pretended faith. And we've got to quit putting people on a pedestal. If I get messed up, run out of here. Pray first. Give me some time to straighten up. I personally believe that some of the people who die in the middle of their ministries that are big, I think it's because they said a prayer to God sometime when they were really sincere. And they said, God, don't let me hurt people and mess people up. Take me home first. Isn't that what you'd want? I wouldn't want to have a lot of people. I don't want people following me anyway. Paul says, follow Follow me as I follow. In other words, Paul is saying, imitate me. And he's saying, look at my life. Look how things happen in my life. Look what goes through my life. And then get a relationship with Jesus. And let it be real. And let's face it, he had some rough stuff happening. He also has, I love the scriptures. Everybody goes, well, don't bring up people's past. Does everybody know, everybody knows Paul's past? Do you think when we get in heaven, we're not allowed to go say, wow, that's really cool what God did to set you free from that. You don't be ashamed of your past if it's under the blood. If your past is under the blood, it's become a testimony. You can't be ashamed of your testimony because then you're saying the cross is enough and what God did for you, you don't want people to know what you did. It doesn't matter what I did or what you did before Christ. It matters a whole lot after Christ. It matters a whole lot after Christ. What you did before Christ, once you find him, it's under the blood. And then it's, if you really get free, it's a testimony. You overcome by the blood of the lamb, what he did, and the word of your testimony. If you keep shame where you can't give your testimony, that thing's going to try to come back and get you. Because it's allowed to try to come back seven times worse. We don't want anything to come back seven times worse, do we, guys? <laughs> Please. <laughs> right? I'm not, I could talk to anybody who's in this place. Do you want anything that you've overcome to come back seven times worse? I don't either. And in the shaking, God's going to deal with everything you ever did, whether people know it or not. And you're going to be tempted to spiritualize it when it comes. And you're going to try to make it seem like it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay recognize it go deep sorry i'm out of the camera view now <laughs> go deep all right go deep say god get every trace of this out of me break every generational curse break every generational curse 
of unclean spirits. Go back, let God show you. Don't do this in your brain. Do this in the presence of God. He's a holy God. Say, God, give me a bath. Holy Spirit, I need a bath. I've been living a good Christian life, but all of a sudden, these thoughts and these temptations and wanting to watch this. For me, the devil used to have me watching. I like to solve problems. I got this brain that wants to solve problems. Like anybody coming to me with a problem, I seriously can solve it really fast. You'd be surprised. I just have a brain that solves problems. That's a gift. So what did I do with that brain that solves problems before I was really walking with God or understood this? I like to watch those mystery crime shows because I wanted to see if they got theirs and if they solved it right in us. And one of the first things God took away from me, don't watch that mess, that and soap operas. Don't watch anything with unclean anything because I got a family curse line on both sides of my family with unclean stuff. Just being real. And God kept me pretty good, thank God, because I got saved at seven. I don't know, I'd have been one, I'd have made some of y'all's testimonies look mild if I hadn't gotten saved at seven. God took people out of my life who needed to be out of my life, thank God. But when you're going through this shaking, you need to spend some time saying, okay, Holy Spirit. And let me say this, okay, okay, okay. How do you know if, if it's the time that you haven't gone deep enough in getting free from something? It starts to tempt you. It starts to tempt you. And as soon as you start to walk a little bit, well, I can watch this, that's freedom. What is freeing about watching garbage? What's freeing about drinking or doing drugs? Or, I mean, what, what kind of freedom are you talking about? I'm not legalistic. Okay, I can get drunk in the Holy Spirit so fast, I can make the biggest drunk look sober. Whoa. Okay, I mean, it's not my favorite thing. I love, I'm okay with getting drunk in the Holy Spirit because he, he, it's a gift. It's something he wants us to do. But I'd much rather worship. I'd much rather be in the word and worship. But if he wants it, was it last week? One time recently he just came in and zapped everybody. Well, he knows we need it. Maybe he knows the young people need to see that, that everything about alcoholism and drugs is a counterfeit of something real in Christ that won't harm your health or put you in jail or destroy your relationships or make you an addict. Amen? So, did I teach anything? <laughs> like, oh gosh, Lord. So, the Lord took my sorrow and grief. All my relatives have gotten saved, almost all of them. The, it's amazing, 30 some years later, Relatives who really didn't know God are on my Facebook page now and they're all talking about Jesus, almost all of them. I do want to encourage those who do social media. I don't, nobody really cares what you ate yesterday. And it really doesn't matter your selfie photo of you or something. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You got freedom, I'm not telling, that's not sin. But at least throw in there not condemnation kind of things, but real truths. Just throw, throw in there, you ha maybe a picture of you having fun with this scripture about Jesus. The people are going to watch you. And they're going to believe it's not real. 
Satan wants to make it not real. He wants to take you backwards so bad so your kids will say, see, I knew it wasn't real. I knew they didn't change. Or your family will say, nothing's really real. See, Satan, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like overcomers. And, and let me just put this one out there because some of you, you need it. Don't confuse being delivered from something, which is awesome. Like I cast out demons for real. I could go around and point out all the people in here I've cast demons out of. And that's awesome. Don't confuse that with getting every lie and everything Satan owns in you out. Because then you'll get all superior and puffed up and you'll be living for the devil again in no time and not figuring it out. This is not about a seminar or a conference. or one. This is about a life in Christ. A life in Christ is a life where he shines his light. Um, you know, we need to talk about Holy Spirit more. The whole church needs to talk about Holy Spirit more. I'm listening to these. Um, I just like listen. I listen to true stories. I don't like, I don't like stuff somebody made up. And how many, everybody knows what's going on with the Duggar girls. Does anybody? And, and they're becoming one's real legalistic one's the other and and i like lesser stories and i have compassion for them some but i i i've got to say they were at least raised for the most part honestly in eating of the tree of the knowledge of good like they they were kept pretty safe and now as they're one of them's breaking away she's against everything about the faith movement everything about signs and wonders everything i'm thinking Girl, you're still stuck in bondage. You just went from one form to the next. And I'm thinking, gosh, if she, and, and I'm listening to the Jill, Jill Duggart's book, and it's like, oh, and they think you have to repent of it. I'm listening to all the things she's saying that you're supposed to be free from, and I'm thinking, every one of those things I preach, I just don't preach it legalistically. She was in uh, Bill Goth or whoever who taught it legalistically. At least he was teaching the truth. I'm not going to sit here and say you're not supposed to have real submission. I'm not going to say you're not supposed to tithe. It's all real. If he taught it in legalism, and I don't know, I only, my husband and I went to church with that for a little bit. We didn't get it, so we left. But bottom line is, don't throw out the word and then start deciding in a more legalistic thing. Don't blaspheme Holy Spirit. Understand what repentance is. There is a connection between sin and sickness. Does that mean, oh, you're bad because you're sick? No, that means God wants to take you deeper to help you get healed. Does anybody want to get healed? Does anybody want to be the people who walk in divine health? Okay, I, t I tell you when I'm going through something, I don't tell you. T I like to tell people after I have the testimony. And I have a few people I get to pray um, when I'm going through. Very biblical, okay? But I want a testimony. But I'm not, oh, you... You admitted that you had whatever I had. I, guys, since you've known me, I've had a sciatic nerve thing that lasts like four months. And as soon as I start witnessing, I'd be fine. Then I, then after, yay. Then after, I'm like, Lord, what is this? And he showed me my pride. He showed me my walk was good enough. He showed me how Satan could hit me. And, and so I'm just kind of giving you preview how many know y'all better start praying that people want to read this book and will get out of their heads and into their hearts because this is going to be one of the most hard-hitting books <laughs> that's going to be out there because everything almost that people want to blame god for 
I bring it back and tell them to look in the mirror. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I know how the enemy set up to kill my daughter. It's horrible. It was based on, I'm not going to get into it. It's going to teach you somewhere. The bottom line is, people, how can you stand that? I don't have condemnation. I'm in the kingdom. There's no condemnation in the kingdom. In the king, wouldn't you rather God be faithful instead of us? He's always faithful. He's so faithful, we get it confused and thinks he did it. He actually told me, I, wrote, I saw something, I wrote, he told me, I'm going to bring so much good out of what happened to you that people are going to think I did it. And I want you to know, I never do evil. He had to tell me. I was telling them the same thing. Whatever you went through, and we're going to have a celebration in a few seconds. Whatever you went through, which was a horrible time, but an awesome time. But every bit of it, Satan already had planned for you. He even put it in DNA. He already knew this is what I'm going to do. Satan is so, so ticked off that you got free from schizophrenia. So ticked off he couldn't just then that bring through your family line. Boy, you, I'm not going to, I'm going to be on your back, okay? You are not going to go, you can't go to the left or the right. Not in fear, in respect, in honor. Thank you, God. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not buying into that stuff. And then God's going to use you so powerfully to deliver people. Who's delivering people from mental illness, what they want to call mental illness? Who's delivering people from schizophrenia? Who's delivering people from chromosomal issues? Who's delivering them? Do you think Jesus Christ would really look at somebody with Down syndrome and say, this is how I made you for my purposes? Don't you think he would take them and hold them and pray for them and everybody watch them become exactly what God already intended? Why can't we be okay? Because we're so judgmental. I don't judge anybody who's going through a hard trial. I've been through them. But God is going to bring a season. We're entering an apostolic season where he wants his glory. He wants people healed. He wants everyone in this room healed. He knows you can't do it. How many know if you could do it, you would have done it? How many know if you could have your child completely healed and protected, you'd have done it? If, if you wouldn't raise your hand yes to that, you're sick. Right? Every, everybody, hopefully you love your spouse, you would do it. Guess what? You can't. But you don't change the word of who he is and what he does because you can't. You begin to recognize how much it's you trying to. You can't do it. You guys can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't. You can't. None of you young people get it. You can't do it. Get that. Get the light bulb. You can't do it. But Jesus Christ died. And if you make him the Lord of your life, for real, and you invite his Holy Spirit to come in and take over, Jesus has already done it. And Holy Spirit's going to make that real. And then it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter what the devil hits you with. I mean, it's, the minute you're afraid and scared, yeah. But stay in till you get faith. Oh, I, I, I'm going to tell this for the rest of your lives. When I asked them, what scripture God gave them right when they found out their baby only had three chambers in his heart and he couldn't live. And I said, well, what's God showing you? Fear not. And fear not. I said, okay, fear not is good. That's for everything. 
That's not, that's not the victory. That's the God saying, get, God's telling you, you're in fear. You've got to get out of it. You've got to get out of fear. God never operates in fear. He never operates in fear. He never operates in fear. He never operates in fear. When you're in fear, Satan has authority. So no matter what trial you're going through, you've got to get in faith. Not pretended faith. Gosh, I keep preaching the book now. I'm going to have to finish writing this thing and get it out. It's very hard to write. Because it's so deep. It's like writing 21 books that people are going to be mad about. Unless they get in the Holy Spirit and really see it. How many know the church has got a long ways to go? How many know you have a long ways to go? I have a long ways to go. How many know this isn't it? This is not the church. No, I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about the church is not moving where the early church was. And how many know he's not coming back until we go beyond that? Now, I'm not saying he can, all right? He can do a surprise. But biblically, biblically, he's not coming back until he pours out his latter glory. How many, how many, how many think it would be kind of cool to let Holy Spirit in you do whatever he wants? How many would like to be the ones? How would you like to see your kids, wherever they go to school or whatever, and their little friend's sick, and your kid's really so filled with the Holy Spirit for real, not that you make them weird or anything, that they actually, in their own little childlike way, pray for that kid and they get healed. Wouldn't it be cool to have your little kid go over to, the, like Lauren, five years old, goes over, or maybe six by now, about six, goes over to the neighbors who are super Baptist and against most of the stuff I teach and believe. And the mom was just getting, and lays hands on the daughter and she speaks in tongues. And my daughter speaks in tongues. We didn't even, we never even told her about speaking in tongues. She just heard it around church. And I wasn't sure I believed it. She's like, oh, whatever, you know. I'm like, okay, I guess that's it. And then she goes and prays for the neighbor. And that kid's older than her by four or five years. Nice, sweet girl, really still love her. And she, she starts praying in tongues. Thank God I, I met with the mom and she got baptized in the Holy Spirit that night. With mom and, kid, and I'm looking at Lauren like, oh, you must really be filled with the Spirit because you really just prayed for that person. I wasn't taught any of that. Don't try to make it happen. You live it. You live it. When you live it, they catch it. We're in a new season, and there are young people who are hungry, but they're not hungry for religion. They're not even hungry for church, the idea of church. They are hungry for truth. They're hungry for truth. Jesus always revealed that he was saying the truth by miracles. And these miracles were healing, opening deaf ears, creating eyeballs where there were no eyeballs. Let's all face it. The apostolic is not here yet. But it's so close I can see it. It's so close. Get out of the mentality that there's those positions and then everybody else. God does not have that. Every single position, it says till we all come to the full knowledge of Christ. What does that mean? That means till we're all walking in the gifts of the Spirit, till we're all yielded to Holy Spirit, till we're all reaching out. Like I said, watch that movie, Give Me Shelter, and begin to think, wow, 
What if people, everybody in the church really found what they're supposed to do? And some, without having to be under the covering of their church, decides to open their home to the homeless. And God shows them how. Or decides to do this. And, and they know it's God. So they're not in danger because they know it's not. Don't do this stuff stupid, okay? And they, and they know God's calling them to it. And they hear him. And they know his presence. And they know he wants to do it. Just think if everybody would come on Sunday morning to share all God did using their life that week. Think of the networking together to be able to come and say, wow, this is awesome. That is so cool that you would do that. But that you've got to be mature, not just good works for the sake of good works. It's coming. It's coming. God's going to give some of you such a heart to have people over to your house that don't know him. And you're not going to shove the gospel down. They're going to ask you, what is it about you that's different? What about you? This I went to Russia on my first trip. It wasn't with a group I took. And, and so many were so religious and everything that were there. And people would come and say, you're different. There's something different about you. And that was years ago. The world can tell if what you have is real. Can you? Father, we thank you. Lord, I feel your presence. It's working in hearts. You're not condemning anybody. You love everybody. You know who's been so hurt. Lord, there's no prayer in the scripture that we're supposed to repeat after me and that people get saved. People can only come to you because your spirit is saying to them, give your life to me. Believe in Jesus. And then give him the lordship of your life and watch what he does. And you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And you believe he died for your sin. He died for your perversion. He died for the, the filth you've been involved in. He died for your intellectual superiority. He died for your judgmental attitude. He died for your alcoholism. He died for your drug addiction. He died for the much you hate people. He died for all of it. And he was beaten and bruised and, and tormented so that you so all your sin could go on, his, on that cross. So right now, before we go into worship, whatever Holy Spirit is showing you that you have sin, it, could be, it doesn't have to be blatant sin, everybody. It's attitudes. It's superiority feeling. It's judgmental. And some of it's blatant sin. I just want you to see how he took it. I want you to understand the cross and, and know that he did this for you. He broke every generational curse. My gosh, he took everything. He let every demonic spirit 
attack him on that cross. He became one with sin. How horrible is that? This most holy, pure God who had never, ever, ever felt sin before. It was so intense that the father couldn't look at him because if the father still had his eyes on him, they couldn't follow through with the plan. Jesus is like, why have you forsaken me? Some of you feel like that. God, you've forsaken me. Why did you forsake me? He'll never leave us or forsake us, you guys. He only did that to Jesus so that we could know he would never do it to us. Everything you should be forsaken for, everything you should be forsaken for, Jesus was forsaken for. Everything you should be punished for, everything you should go to hell for, every bit of it, Jesus already took. Wow, what a savior. What a healer, what a redeemer. What a powerful, mighty, glorious God. He loved us that much. He suffered that much. My prayer is that we don't want to crucify. He, he won't be crucified again. But the only way that we don't say we don't care what he went through is when we choose to not crucify our flesh. Lord, you never died for religion. You never died for hyper-spirituality. You never died. You didn't die because we're bad. You died because we were made in your image and your likeness, every one of us, and you want to redeem us. You want to bring us back into a relationship with God or able to come into a relationship with God. Everybody just take a few seconds and see if God is showing you some sin, some attitude sin. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe you used to know God. Whatever it is. Just between you and God. He knows your thoughts. Just ask him to forgive you. And ask him to be Lord in that area of your life. If you have problems with money, Lord, I want you in charge of the money. Lord, I want you in charge of helping me be a mom or a father. Lord, I want you to be in charge of helping me, if you're a teenager, to be a teenager in this crazy world. God, I'm asking you to be Lord of that part of my life. God, I'm asking you to be Lord of that part of my life. Lord, be, just be Lord of all my life. And the Bible says if you really mean that then you're not going to be able to hold it in you're going to tell somebody you're not going to be able to stop telling people and the minute that you tell somebody because you know it's real because you believed in your heart you're saved that's it that's it and all of a sudden God's going to start being in charge of your life so, Father, I thank you for anyone in here recommitting their life to the Lord or committing their life to the Lord or anyone in here who's just at least beginning to believe maybe you can rescue them. God, I thank you. 
I thank you, you can heal people. I thank you, you can deliver people. I thank you, you can set people free. I thank you, you're an amazing God. I thank you, we get to be your children. Those born of the Spirit of God are the children of God. So Lord, let us be excited about everything you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.